Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts, and I'm here with my co-host, Wynne Morgan. Hi, Wynne. Hello, Kate. How are you? I'm well. If under the weather as well as under the noise. <laughs> and today we have as our guest Siobhan. Hey Siobhan. Hi. Hi, both of you. How are you? I'm I'm very well, yes. Over the weather, one may say. <laughs> cool. So Siobhan, um, I know you've heard the show before, so you probably can't anticipate the question that's coming to you now, but uh, we love to ask us what they would love for our audience to know about them right now. So I, I love the show. I was just telling both of you how much I really enjoy, um, well, the synergy between you both, I just think is kind of magical um, and rare. And a lot of people maybe try and force it with co-hosts, but you two just like comes very naturally. And I just love listening to you. So big fan. So I was anticipating the question. Um, and then I thought, so my brain went, well, what do you want people to know? What a great opportunities. I could, you could tell them anything. Um, and then I thought, I'll just wait and see what happens on the day. <clears throat> so I'd like them to know two things about me. One is for the benefit of you two, which is, that me, Wynn and Kate, we've actually had dinner together many times, but you didn't know it. But I love to have dinner and watch the show on YouTube. And it's been really lovely. So thank you for being my dinner partners for all this time. <laughs> and um, the other thing I would love people to know is <laughs> like I, my brain rather freaks out so much like maybe every day and um I call them like these automatic negative thoughts like ants ants in your pants and um it that what I mean by that is that my brain goes to catastrophizing panic and doom all the time and the reason I want people to know about that about me is because I I work with people to um find something new and find freedom around overthinking and overwhelm stress and anxiety so that they can live life with more peace and ease and calm and I freak out all the time and so why I think it's important for people to know that is because there's like this misunderstanding that if we're wanting a nicer experience of life or making progress, whatever that means to someone, that we don't have negative thoughts and we don't have a ton of chatter. We don't have our brain going to the worst case scenario all the time. And that just isn't true in my experience and for um, the experience of many people that I've worked with. But what's awesome about that is that when you kind of know that and see that that's, that's just what happens and that's just our brains being brains, 
like that's just given me so much freedom. Like, of course something happens. Like just yesterday, it was the stupidest thing is that my, um, the cat food was being delivered, which is, it comes every six weeks. So it was expected, but someone knocks on the door. Someone barely knocks on the door in this area. And I was like, oh my God, it's the police. It must be the police telling me that my dad's had an accident who lives in the UK. That was my first thought, right? When someone knocks on the door. Now that one went away like almost immediately. And then some of them stick around a bit longer, but almost all the time, the first response of my brain to anything is doom or catastrophe or something. But when we see that that is what happens and that's just what brains do, and maybe some are a bit more prone to others and that's okay. Like it, it doesn't have the same meaning anymore. It's like, duh um and sometimes it can be quite funny as well so I just would love people to know about that about me like yes I work with people around overthinking overwhelm and worry to live life with more peace and ease and I freak out every day right um and but I don't kind of freak out maybe that's but I have a freaky out thought but what's happened over time is my relationship my relationship to them is just transformed um and so I would love for people to maybe know that about me but then see where that happens in their own life so that if they are maybe exploring the type of conversation that you guys do in your work and that we'll have today but they're like but I'm still getting these thoughts about pick your favorite topic here mine is everything oh it's not working I'm not seeing anything Rah, rah, rah. like that's just not the case like this is how it goes so um I hope that answers your question like would you mind if I asked you both like what was the last thing that you had like a doom thought or a catastrophizing thought about yes when yeah well I have COVID <laughs> and this morning um I hadn't slept well because I'm really struggling with it. It's aching me, but I'm, I'm finding it at the same time a little bit humorous. But then this morning, and I didn't have to get up early, didn't have to get up till about 10 o'clock, but I, as I said, I hadn't slept. And I noticed my breathing was labored. And I went, oh, I need to phone an ambulance. I'm going to die tomorrow. I went there. Yeah. Okay. So doesn't get much better than that, does it, as a freak out? Oh, I'm going to die tomorrow. Well, well, you could have died today. Like tomorrow, at least you've got a bit of time. Yeah, because we hadn't, we wouldn't have had a chance to do this. So you're right. It's better than, better than today. <laughs> yeah, I so get that. What about you, Kate? Could you oh, remember the last yeah. time your brain went there? Over the weekend, uh, my partner, one of his good friends, uh, his house burned down, caught fire while they were all in it, sleeping, and everyone's okay. Um, but they lost, you know, their home and everything in it. And... Yeah, I had thoughts about what that would be like. 
you know, past the, you know, is everybody okay? You know, those kind of questions. But then I realized, you know, I'm like, wow, what would that even be like to lose everything? And I kind of, obviously by choice, I'm going there. I'm thinking about it. And so, yeah, that was probably the most recent that just happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's always like a, you know, when you hear ambulances or, you know, something like that, you kind of like, where are all my loved ones? You know, you're thinking about, you know, the people that you care about. And um, that's, that's pretty common for me. Yeah. I definitely am not immune to, to basically taking tragedy and figuring out how that applies to me in some way. Yeah. <laughs> Completely selfish. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I think about what it would be like if I went through those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not kind of funny when we look at it, like that's, that's a a very difficult thing to have happen, like um, for a house to burn down. I remember when I was little, that was one of my um, fears, actually, what happened to a friend of ours. And I remember for maybe four or five years, I had a bag packed. I was only small. Mm -hmm. So I think it had like... um, I don't know, my favourite socks and a teddy bear and nothing useful, but I would take it everywhere with me in case something happened and we had to leave the house very suddenly. So fire, yeah, definitely a big one. But what I found interesting about what you said and what we all do is that someone somewhere is having a hard time because of these sirens or whatever's going on. And yet we, we, we go there rather than go away from that it's like we 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 choose although it's not really a choice but we go to the tragedy tragedy to the the challenge to the hardship and we put ourselves there it's like and it doesn't make sense in a way that we do that but yeah well I'm so glad that no one was hurt yeah me too and I love what you said about you know when you were introducing yourself about this is what I do. And this is also what I do, which I love because, you know, while we can tell all these stories about ourselves and maybe even some people give themselves a hard time for being human and all the things that go with being human, it actually makes us a freaking expert on what that's like. Yeah. Yeah which might be our, our, our greatest gift in helping people. Yeah. I, I love that you said that. Um, and I think that, I think things are changing now, but, um, certainly in my lifetime, anyone who is in any kind of helping profession, maybe would have gone to school and learned a ton of theory and maybe done some work experience or whatever. Um, but to really, know how it feels to have the experience of the thing that you want to help the other person with like there's nothing like that at all um and so it's funny like to think that there's lots of I think maybe brain surgery I'd be okay to have a brain surgeon operate on me even if they hadn't had brain surgery themselves like (laughs) but someone that's never like doesn't know how it feels to 
be filled with intense panic or overwhelm and try and think their way out of it or have it make their lives very small or make choices which they kind of know are bad for them but they do it anyway and just this constant swirl which you know on some level is not necessarily related to things in the outside world and it, that, and that's not even helpful you know it's your mind but that doesn't do anything for you like so to have someone that's like yes I know exactly how that feels and by the way I had a snatch of that two days ago right like I just think that that's been helpful that's definitely how I've seen more around this kind of stuff is by connecting with people that are like yes me too I so get that yeah I think that's vital in normalizing the human experience as opposed to something to transcend or never have a negative thought again, because that's just not on offer. Oh, from, yes. From what I've seen anyway, it's just not on offer. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. And yet there's so much out there that's like, oh, hey, rewire your brain and remove negative thoughts for $99 a month forever, you know? Um, and there is a lot of like conflicting messages out there. So when you're maybe trying to find some help, it's like, what? So these people are telling me, oh, I can rewire my brain. And all I need to do is like do these 95 different like points in a morning routine and everything's going to be great and keep that up for the rest of my life and I'll be fine. And these people are like, oh no, it's fine. You know, you can just have your human experience and and live a nicer life. And that doesn't seem like it, it's available either. So, yeah, I think the more that we, I like to say, revel in our inescapable humanness because it's not going anywhere um, and see what we see more around that, like see, well, what even is this? And what is these thoughts and feelings coming and going? And like, wh why are things changing? And just taking a look gently and with, without judgment as best we can uh, around like how it's all working and seeing more around that rather than trying to fix a thing that looks like a problem. That's just been enormous in my life and enormous in the conversations that I have with people because yeah, like it's not going away. And I love, you've had some amazing guests on the show, which have said this too, like people that have been um, exploring this kind of conversation for decades and they're still freaking out, but the freak out doesn't mean the same thing. Like it's not this stinging, all encompassing, engulfing, freak out that we've all experienced it's like I don't know there's a space there which the more we see around that the less it is painful well something you said a few minutes ago Siobhan was that my relationship to this has changed and you said that in your introduction and I think that was just a lovely thing to to recognize as well is that I've noticed that for me is that my relationship with how nuts I am is just like, oh, that's just me being human, not when being mental. Yeah. Not when being bipolar. That's just, he happens to have moods. Oh, what's mood? Oh, me taking thoughts seriously. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And when I'm in a lower mood, it'll look more real. That's it. Yeah. Oh, geez. 
And that's not a win thing. That's a human thing. Mm-hmm. It's such a relief. Well, it was for me anyway, when I saw that, I saw my wellness. Then I saw I was healthy, not what everyone else was telling me. Yeah. I so I absolutely agree with you. And having having a different relationship with our inescapable human experience, oh, it transforms everything. Like we it really, it really does, like just like you described just then when, you know, seeing the same things happening, right? Having a low mood, still the same thing, but but everything is is different about how that feels and, and what you may do with it. Um, and what I love as well is that we don't change our relationship. Like you don't like buy a book on like how to change your relationship with your human experience by following these 10 steps. The relationship changes like naturally on its own, the more we kind of see around what's actually happening. And for people who have spent decades sometimes pursuing the thing they need or the whole cache of things that they need to be doing in order to feel better or be better or do better, always better, 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 tools, techniques, strategies, for them to see, oh, you don't need to do anything. To I, well, I may say, oh, hey, the good shit lies in changing your relationship to your thoughts and feelings, but that's not up to you. You can just relax. Like, but I think some people, and me too, have a hard time with that. Well, how do I relax then? How do I not do anything? (laughs) How do I not change my relationship? How do I let this happen? And that's human too. So, what do you say when someone says that to you? Like the how do I? Mm -hmm. How, how, how? Yeah. So the 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 clue is in the how to me. I think, Um, like when you hear a how. You're like, oh, yeah, that's the brain being a brain wanting to figure out the things. And I do it all the time. How, well, how then? How this? How that? Because in the how, it, there's a doing. Like the how is the question vehicle to the doing. And what we're kind of saying is, you're not there's nothing to do. So they're already at odds with each other. So, and this is kind of maybe the most interesting, but frustrating part of the kinds of conversations we have for other people, maybe, maybe sometimes for me, like, (laughs) there is no how, and even if there is a how, and here's where the words start to get woefully inadequate, like the how, maybe the more you see and the more you kind of explore gently without expecting to find something in particular, the how kind of comes off the table, like the how's taken away. Like we don't need the how it becomes irrelevant, but try saying that to someone that's like, what, 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 what? (laughs) Like same for me again. Um, And that's why speaking uh, to what Kate was saying before about having us, be through, have gone through the things that we try and help clients or groups or people with generally. It's like, yeah, I know how that feels when I have a how question and someone's like, well, it's not really about the how and the how will get off the table. I'd be like, just tell me. <laughs> and that's 
And that's that's so fine. And and what's cool about that is that the how questions seem very compelling in a in a sped up mind. And we know, or and we see more around when our mind settles down, the hows kind of go with it. It's like we drain it out, drain out our thoughts or something. And the hows like disappear off and swirl down the drain too. And we're left with something where a how isn't there anymore. And I guess, well, my experience was I just had to see that like approximately 78 zillion times for myself before I could be like, oh, okay. So even if I can hear my own house bubbling up, I like, no, I don't need to do anything with them right there. But I had to see that a lot for myself. Um, like just what you were saying, when, when you decided that you were going to maybe die tomorrow, I hope you don't, by the way, that would be a shame. Like when you when your mind settles or, and, and of course something like COVID is going to make us even more maybe speedy in our mind, but you probably will not have the same thoughts either. And just seeing more around a mind settling on its own. And again, we don't have to do this. Oh, it's just kind of amazing. Like how, how did we get this friggin' awesome thing like a pat the power the infinite power of this thought thing right this amazing phenomena that you can do anything with anything literally anything and then we get our feelings to let us know like hold on wait 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 kind of misusing that one a bit there letting us know instantly if we're like misusing this cool tool and then it drains out on its own anyway like, so even if you are misusing it and then you're like, well, how do I stop? Well, you don't have to do anything. It's all going to drain away and your mind will settle on its own. Like, how awesome is that? And it's just incredible to show people this. Like, hey, look at that. Isn't that so cool? And if they're like me, they'll need to see it a ton of times and then they'll try and find the science for it and then they'll want data and then they'll want everything else. And then they will get quiet. I remember one of my first like boom insights. Of course, it wasn't one of my first insights because I've been having them for over 30 years. But the first one I noticed is like, ah, was like, oh, my mind has settled down on its own. Like I still have all these problems, right? But I feel better. Now that is very, very curious to me. How did that happen if my feelings are caused by my circumstances and my problems. And yet I feel not necessarily better, but certainly less shit than what I did earlier, but nothing has changed in the outside world. Like that just blew my mind. Like not just blew my mind in the sheer usefulness and loveliness of that in itself, but also opening me up to the fact of insight and and fresh thought and noticing a new thing and like, that was just awesome. So that's why I love to like have conversations like this and point people to that. And um, yeah, gosh, it's just so wonderful when we can just see a tiny bit of that ourselves, just a tiny bit, and then all comes open. Mm. I love what you said about that space, that space that's created. 
because for the people that, you know, like you and like me who sensed that there was something really true in this conversation, and we're very used to asking how, all the hows, you know, that's where we, I feel like that's where so many of us start. But for those people, you know, just the, just staying in the conversation allows for that space. And it's not just a, you know, a relationship with our negative thought. But like you said, you know, before we started recording, you know, the first time, you know, like when you started like listening to the podcast and that space just kind of ramped things up and tightened up and I don't like that space, you know, like kind of that initial, it's kind of like all the hows, all the busyness, the weight of it. But like staying in the conversation, now there's a different relationship with that quiet that you didn't, there's no how. Like your relationship with quiet is different and you didn't do anything for that other than stay, just stay. I think what's what's coming to mind just as you were talking then, Kate, about the how thing was that we we use the how because I think, as I said before, the, the how is the the vehicle to doing. So we ask how do we do a thing and why do we want to do something anyway? We want to do the thing because we want to change something. So if someone says, well, how do I get my mind to quiet? Because they want to be in the quiet mind because not being in the quiet mind is is bad in some way. And I'm just kind of simplifying. So what was kind of coming to me then is, as you were describing that example, is the the how fades away or, or comes off the table because the thing that we wanted the how for, which was to do something to get away from the thing we didn't want, the thing we didn't want changes on its own. So it, it doesn't become a thing that we don't want anymore. So it doesn't need a how to change it kind of thing. Like I did, I did warn you both before we started, didn't I, that the words were rubbish, but like it melts away. So rather than living in a world where we're taught implicitly and otherwise to do stuff and get stuff done, to have a result of any kind, are steps and one thing leads to another and they build on each other until you get the thing you want but in this kind of conversation those things change they look different they fade away like melt away so we don't we no longer need the how to get to do the doing bit to get to the thing because the thing like let's say the um, wanting a quiet mind looks different because although, yes, it's lovely to have a quiet mind, we also see that we don't necessarily need to get there because being in a sped up mind has a different feel to it in the first place. 
On a scale of one to ten, how much sense did that make to you, Kate? Wait. <laughs> but at the same time, you know what's cool is I read a, um, a quote recently that I had seen plenty of times, but it really kind of settled in into a different space. But, and I always mutilate quotes, so it's not really a quote, but I was reading um, Byron Katie and she says, you can't have all of the things that you want because you already are all of those things. So it's like our search for them and wanting to have them covers up the fact that we already are the quiet. And that's, I think, what we settle into is not the how or the have or the get to it and find it and seek it. It's just that we drop into who we are. And I love that. Yeah, there's no doing there. How do I do being who I really am? Like, And you just became the physical embodiment of what we're talking about. That's how it's done. (laughs) (laughs) The example that I often hear is when someone says, yeah, but how do I let go of a thought? You don't have to do that. It does it itself. Mm-hmm. If it's true that thought changes, you don't have to make it change. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with, with this, right? When we just like fall into a quieter mind. Because mm-hmm. that's what always exists when we're not innocently stirring it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one when, because anything that we do to let go of a thought is of course just exacerbating it and adding more thought anyway yeah which seems kind of obvious when you say it like that but (laughs) it's not though yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah like how funny that the thing that we have to to figure all this out or whatever is thought, which is the, the thing that we're trying to see differently or calm down or whatever. Like it's, <laughs> it's like, ah! um, and that's why it's, it's like, I had a, a, a brush with this kind of conversation many years ago. Um, and a, a seed was definitely planted because it flourished like a bamboo tree a couple of years later in that way that apparently bamboo, grows for a long time under the soil and then it's like and like grows in about two meters in 10 seconds or something like that so that was kind of me um but my first brush up against this stuff I was I was definitely trying to logic and uh, like reason and, and and make it all make sense in my mind which is kind of common I see um so I just to what you said then when I'd be like, what? So I need to let go of thought, but I can't do that with my thoughts 
but thoughts are the only things I have. And now I'm thinking again, well, how do I stop overthinking? Am I doing it now? Like I couldn't, I couldn't make sense of it. And of course we, we talk about how it's beyond that and it's not about that. And I'm like, what, what's that then? What do you even mean? Like, (laughs) so so it's no wonder that we can kind of get ourselves in in a little bit of a twist. Um, And that's why it's so in the feeling and the, sensing and the things that we can't put to words like sometimes when I'm in the loveliest of moods I think it's just hilarious like god this is so funny isn't it like we're all trying to explain something which is unexplainable and I'm I'm that's my career great it's like (laughs) oh my job is like to explain things which can't be explained and you just got to feel them but you can't try and feel them because then they won't you won't feel them like what Yeah, but you're talking to to people who know this at some level. And maybe we're talking to the part of them that that knows this to be true. And that's why, you know, when we don't have the words, the right words, you know, that's maybe even better. I think to some extent, because we don't rely on them and we're not constantly pulling from what we know. We get to sit in a space where we don't have the words, but we're talking to something that at some level they get because it's how we're made. Isn't that amazing though? And to know that it is absolutely no exception to that at all like uh, (laughs) it's just most wonderful guarantee like every single person is is made exactly in the way that we're inadequately describing but every, every single person like that is astonishingly helpful and I love knowing that like I love um like I I trained as a as a coach in kind of old paradigm thought work stuff before I came across this type of thing and um I remember like really dreading I hate to say it this way now but like dreading some of my clients I'm like they're beyond help I can't help them like my thing at the time was procrastination which is hilarious because uh Wynne and I actually had a conversation about that a while ago but um uh I was like this person they're beyond help I can't help them nope I just can't do it and um <laughs> like, uh it was just so it's just so funny now to just know without doubt without any doubt at all that we are all made in the same way this this way which is endlessly kind and helpful and helps us to thrive and be at peace and calm always that always there and the only thing in the way of that is just few little few little made up things that we made along the way like just a few little social constructs here and there a few evolutionary legacy things from our brains 
just a few little things that when you kind of see that, it just comes down and sometimes very quickly and sometimes over a long time, which, which was me. And it's just astonishing to know that that's always there. Like you say, Kate, it doesn't need the words because there's something else. Yeah. Oh, I just love it. So, oh. That interrupted my peaceful moment, sticking its claws into my bottom. (laughs) Well, that's quite profound in itself as to what can happen to us, right? (laughs) Mental claws. Thank you so much for being with us here. Honestly, I enjoy. I think this is the longest span of time zones we've had so far. No, really? Yeah. We've got a 17-hour time zone span between Kate in Florida and you in Wellington, New Zealand. So, Ooh. And if we were recording next week, it would have been an 18-hour one. Wow. And the time changes in the US and Canada this weekend. So. Mm. That reminds me of, um, like, the more I'm in this conversation, as you say, Kate, like, if you're in the conversation, you can't help but seeing something, right, and that's not necessarily up to you. But what I've really noticed more about myself is is the... This maybe word doesn't sound... As, as peaceful and nice, but the destabilizing, <laughs> that's fine. The destabilizing of so many things which looked so real and now are up for grabs. So I wouldn't say necessarily, necessarily they're not real. It's almost like a choice to reimagine what they maybe mean to me. Um, and just a funny thing that that I I love to poke around in and be like, what even is that? Is like time, like time and time zones and the things we make up. And and I was reminded of um, the other day, well, I I mentioned to you both that I was feeling really unwell last week. I just had like a head cold. And it's um, the middle of spring here in New Zealand where I live. It's like the opposite in the Southern Hemisphere. And I mentioned to my dad, who lives in the UK, oh, I've got a head cold and I don't feel very well. He's like, oh, well, it's the time of year for it, autumn. All the kids going back to school. I was like, well, it's spring here, dad. He's like, yeah, but it's still October though, isn't it? (laughs) And there was just something about that that I was like, it's all frigging made up. (laughs) Like... I'm not saying that there aren't seasons. It's just the way that we relate to them and, and, and assign things to things. Oh, it's a time of year for it. What, autumn or October? Like, why? <laughs> just just, uh, just uh, kind of made me laugh. And, and I see that everywhere. I see that with um, just uh, kind of anything, anything. And, of course, my mind's gone completely blank, so I can't come up with a really profound example right now. But just in the stuff that we've made up around how we work, how we spend our leisure time, how we spend our money, milestones in our life. Like this is a really big one to me. 
people should be follow these certain paths with within careers like what and they're all made up stuff anyway oh I don't know I just love what I've loved is the the loosening of not ideas held tightly because I didn't really know their ideas I thought it was just the world but seeing them as as ideas and the the softening and loosening around that is is such an interesting place to play and somewhere that a good few years ago I thought I couldn't couldn't relax there because I needed to have things figured out so if if you don't need to work in this way then how do you need to work and if you don't spend your leisure time in this way and if you don't have a minimum of two hobbies and one must be a language well what do you need then like and if you're not married by 37 then what does that mean about you? So I guess what I'm saying is like, it's so lovely to see all these made up things for what they are, which is made up, but then not have to figure out the alternatives because that's all changing too. Like it's, I don't know, it feels to me what would have felt very frightening, like, well, what's, what's true and what's real and what should I be doing and what should the world be doing? Like to not have that, and to have it all up for grabs and to play with and poke at and wonder about or ignore feels so awesome and lovely and freeing. And I would love for people to maybe see that as a, as a fun, expansive place to be rather than somewhere which feels very um, untethered, which is, which is my old view on that, like, oh, because it, in your curiosity and in your open-mindedness is where the tether is to me. Like, I don't know if that's kind of making sense, but as I'm saying it, I just feel, ah, oh, like, all good. They say that in New Zealand, all good, all good, bro. Maybe that can be like my final word on the show to make it sound really profound, like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, it saved us needing to ask you that question anyway at the end. So that's something cool. One last thing for us to do. Thank you, Siobhan. Thank you, Wynne and Kate. Thank you so much. It's been amazing to be on Under the Noise. The one thing I want to say as well, if you've not seen any of Siobhan's stuff on Instagram, her reels are hilarious. So I would recommend, and there'll be details and how to get in touch with uh, with Siobhan wherever you found um, this podcast. And I would recommend it, it. It constantly makes me laugh whenever I see a new reel from you. So Thank very you. entertaining and profound at the same time, which is also incredibly <laughs> cool. So you've been listening to this week's Under the Noise with Kate Roberts and me, Wynne Morgan, and our special guest this week, Siobhan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kate and Wynne. And if you've got any questions um, for us or for Siobhan, then please do get in touch. As I said just a few moments ago, our contact details are in the outro from Kate and also where you found this podcast. And we'll speak to you again very soon. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynne or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, 
Enjoy what's possible under the noise.